Blog Talk Radio. Welcome this morning to our Saturday, April the 9th. I hope you guys are getting ready, getting your taxes done if you don't already have them done. I want to welcome you to Off the Shelf Radio for April the 9th, 2016. Oh my goodness, we are more than a quarter of a way through the year. Before I go on, I want to ask you, you know, at the start of the year, January, we get so excited and we're so energized about a new thing, a new beginning. And that happens whether we take on a new job, a new relationship, move to a new home, visit a new town. It's just an exciting feeling. But did you have any goals, whether it was health, weight loss, uh, getting a better job, following your passion, getting connected with your true self and following your true self, your higher self, how are you doing? It's April the 9th. How are you doing on that? It's, It's important. Businesses do it. And it's important that we do it when we have goals, whether we're raising our children or whatever we're doing. We're trying to get out of debt, build our wealth, financial wealth, and other forms of wealth, that we stop and check how we're doing. Because I can tell you from personal experience, it's very easy to lie to yourself. And you could be lying to yourself for years before you realize that you are even lying to yourself. Uh, I think about a book. And I forget the author's name, but she's a, I think she comes on Oprah's own. And she wrote a book, One Day My Soul Just Opened Up. Being in a relationship that for years she was in and didn't even, didn't, would defend it to finale, and then one day she realized this isn't for me. How can you stay in a situation for years before your eyes even open? So, again, we have to do these checks, I believe. And in the scriptures it tells us to examine ourselves We have to because it's easy to lie to yourself. So it's April the 9th, and so I'm asking you if you have goals, if there's some some goal, something you wanted to achieve this year, how are you doing? And to be honest with yourself. If you're off track, then to get back on track. And this this wasn't something that I had planned to say today at the start of Off the Shelf, but it, it does fall in line as I'm listening to myself with our guest today. So that's something I really want you to think about. How are you doing? And then I want to leave you with this uh, this thought for today, and it's your talents and abilities will improve over time, but you've got to start somewhere, which dives right back into what I was saying. How are you doing? And that's something I'll be doing personally for myself, just doing a personal check-in. Before we introduce today's Yes, and if you if you are someone who wants to keep moving forward, and I hope you do, then you came to the right place today because we have a guest on deck who can help speak to that and maybe even answer some of your questions. If you're in the chat room, you can post questions in the chat room. If you're on the phone, you can answer questions over the phone. If you if you're plugging in through iTunes or one of those other areas, then um, you can flip me an email at rcampb3422 at com. if you have a question for today's guest. But before we go in and introduce today's guest, I wanted to ask you, how good of a mystery sleuth are you? I tell you, if you love mystery and relationships, 
and you really value relationships and how they cause us hopefully to awaken and to move forward. They leave us changed. Every relationship we're in, even if we're just in it for just a second or for years, if you value that, then I really encourage you to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. It's about 300 pages, and it is going to pull a lot of emotion out of you, and hopefully the book will leave you changed. If you don't see it on the shelf, it's an ebook and print format. All you do is ask the clerk, say you want to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney, and they can order a special copy for you because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. I hope you get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. You don't even need $5 to get a copy of the ebook. Uh, ebook. You can get it at chistel.com, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com, or Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, ebookit.com, anywhere in digital or ebook or print format. So please pick up a copy of Love Pour Over Me and let me know how you enjoy the book. And now let us go, and I need to go connect with our very special guest this morning. And I want to introduce you to our guest. I just connected her to the show. But uh, our special guest this morning is Sheila Agnew, and I'm very excited to have her with us and to join our long lineup of nearly 12 years of awesome guests. She really is in good company. We've had uh, TV One's Roland Martin on. We've had New York Times best-selling authors on this show. Uh, it, it is just she's she's joined a, a very long, good lineup of people who we've had on off the shelf. Now Sheila Agnew is a life coach. She's a business owner and she's a co the co-producer. She co-produced. Spirited Sisters Expo, an event that was held in Columbus, Ohio. And she's also the founder. You can see she's a go-getter. She's a visionary. She's somebody who doesn't just dream. She takes action on her vision. She's also the founder of Confident Women 40+. Plus. And books that Sheila Agnew has authored include All About the Vets and Are You Missing Your Calling?, and we're going to talk about both books today, but focus more predominantly on Are You Missing Your Calling? And if you want to learn more about Sheila Agnew and her works, number one, keep listening to Off the Shelf. And I want to tell you, if you if you are listening right now and you think of somebody who might benefit from this show, you never know what you can listen, hear or see that will help connect the dots for you. But there's still time. You can tell a friend a neighbor, a colleague, or a family member, they can still dial in to Off the Shelf and not miss what Sheila shares, and they can dial in now at 347-994-3490. Again, it's 347-994-3490, or again, connect via uh, the chat room here at Blog Talk Radio. But if you want to learn more about Sheila, again, keep listening to today's show. And while you're listening, hop over to Sheila's website. And her website is SheilaAgnew.com, and that's S-H-E-I-L-A, another A, G-N-E-W.com, S-H-E-I-L-A, Sheila a G N E W dot com. So there are two A's in there. And so we are so excited to have this author, this visionary, and this amazing entrepreneur with us here on Off the Shelf this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Sheila. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? 
I'm absolutely blessed and so so happy to have you here with us this morning. As I was telling our listeners, this is April the 9th. We're already through the first quarter of the year, and a lot of times oh, we don't know how we have goals. Some we, we come into the newness of something, a new job, a new relationship. We move somewhere different, and we're excited, and we have all these goals and we have this. We have goals of doing great things, and then routine sets in. And I think I was listening. I think it was Doctor Phil who said that the brain loves routine and patterns, and so we get into a pattern and a routine. And next thing we know, that goal is we are nowhere near <laughs> reaching that goal. We still in debt. We still in a bad relationship. We still it not, it's, nothing has changed. So I think that does connect with the your book today and I was telling that's our listeners next, yes yes that's your ha- next I, you are so on it <laughs> we have to do a personal check-in you know in the scriptures yes. it says it says examine yourself and we ha- because it, it is I've learned from personal experience it is easy to lie to yourself and not even know that you mm-hmm. are lying to yourself and you can Absolutely. go years without realizing it, and then you're like, "Oh my gosh!" So before we get into the show, Sheila, I, I, we always do this on off the shelf. We like to give our listeners a little backstory on our guests. So before we launch into today to this questions, can you tell our off the shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Well, that's a, that's a great question, and uh, I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. I'm what they call a Chi-Town girl, and I loved uh, my life growing up. I, as a matter of fact, last uh, Saturday I posted on Facebook how um, it, I, I was thinking about when I was a young girl growing up, and I have three sisters, and we had to clean the house before we left the house. Yes. We we couldn't do anything unless that house was clean. And I was thinking how that carried with me into adulthood uh, because at 26, one day out in my own home, I said, you know what? I don't have to clean up this house if I don't want to. You know, <laughs> I can leave if I want to leave. But the, just the basic, the basic uh, background of having something that is something that was our thing that we did we did it together and that's that was our sisterhood because and that is something that we were taught that carried with me into adulthood and even though I found freedom and not knowing that I had to do it then I had that guide and that's what I got from my mom and dad I got I got that from my mom and dad and we uh, were. Uh, I had a good. I had a good childhood. We grew up on the south side of Chicago. We danced the Soul Train. We, you oh know, my we goodness. went to church together. We went to school. And uh, one of the most important things that I learned, one from my dad, I learned uh, entrepreneurship, and um, I, from my mom, I learned about education. So those things are a part of my life right now today, and they are part of my siblings' lives and the lives of our kids as well, and grandchildren in my case. <laughs> so um, that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. 
the south side of Chicago. Oh, we could just talk about that. <laughs> All day long. Yeah. Let me ask you, though, having said what you said, I mean, I just recently saw something about Chicago, their crime rate or murder rate is is out of control. Even now, it's gotten worse this year versus last year. Was the south side of Chicago, and wasn't that where uh, Gwendolyn Brooks grew up? Was she grew up from the south yes, side? Yes, Is that mm-hmm. was it the way when you were growing up the way it is now? Oh, absolutely not. Um, we're in a whole different. Uh, first of all, what's happening in Chicago is happening all over. Chicago is a major city. Uh, they have um, large corporations. They have the Mexican cartel there. They have a mafia there, and then they have ignorant. Uh, people that are uneducated. So all of those uh, combined, it's so deep, I don't really want to go into it now, but all of those combined can come up with what's going on now. It's by design. It's not an accident. So it's by design because Chicago does not even, you can't even buy guns legally in the city of Chicago. So to say that you can't buy guns legally in the city of Chicago, but yet uh, these young kids, not just young kids, but everyone uh, is finding uh, guns. So you know there's something going on with that. So it's a, a problem that's by design, and it's a problem that we never had. Uh, we never had, I mean, you know, there's always crime, but I'm, I'm saying that our neighborhoods were safe. Uh, we had policemen that walked beats, and it was enjoyable uh, growing up not just on the south side, but in Chicago, because, you know, it was just, it, even though it was segregated in terms of communities, we just had that bind, you know, we just, it, it was just a lot of things going on. You had your, your church, you had your jazz and blues and, you know, you know, your music and we just, all of that came together and it was just a lot of love. People could walk down the street and not have to fear. And you can go in whatever neighborhood uh, and not have to necessarily fear, you know, uh, going in that neighborhood. So it's just a different mentality now. And I pray that that will, um, I pray every day in my prayers that uh, that will pass. Wow. I'm glad. Well, that's interesting to, to hear. I know back in the 20s and the mob was really big, and, and, the, and the, I'm told the political system is is corrupt. It has been for years, and maybe that's why mm-hmm. you see these things. Well, the mob is, uh, used to be in the neighborhoods. Of, uh, Al Capone used to live on, on the south side of Chicago in Grand Carson in several different locations. The mob now is in white picket fences and big wrought iron fences in the suburbs. So that's just the difference now. They just operate differently. So they're not, they've not gone anywhere. They just operate differently. It's a whole mm. other level now. Mm-hmm. now. But you could walk up to Al Capone's house and ring the doorbell if you wanted to when he was ringing. But like I said, now it's, it's a big cover-up, and it's covered up by uh, things that we think look good, but un- underneath they're not good. Now you said you got your entrepreneurial mindset from your father. What what did he do, and how did you how did you pick that that up? Did he own his own business? 
How did you pick that entrepreneurial mindset up? My dad, he always had an angle. He always had, like, he was going to do this or how about this. And I'll give you a quick story. Uh, when we were little and Color TV came out, and we, we just said, Dad, Dad, give us Color TV. We want Color TV. So we came home from school one day, and we had some red and green and yellow cello over the front of the TV. And my dad said, this is your color. This is your color TV. Okay. So he always had those kind of things. But, yeah, my dad did. Um, he was a uh, master mechanic, and he owned a um, service station, and he uh, serviced cars. So he was a master mechanic. But I got that little keep going from thing to thing, uh, but it all circles in the same uh, circle from him, you know. So when I got the education from my mom, my mom is at 76 got her second, second master's degree. And oh, she actually, yeah, and she had finished teaching. We, had, she, we almost had the twist arm, but at 81, uh, she stopped teaching in the Chicago public school system. Uh, but education was always important to her. And uh, she got a second career in education, and she retired as a postmaster from the post office. She always wanted to teach. So after she retired, she went and got uh, her second bachelor's and two more master's degrees and uh, is 86 years old today. Wow, good for her. What, what Sheila, what, uh, I have so many questions to ask you. What inspired you to write All About Vets? All About the Best, uh, first of all, it's an inspirational book with focus on women over 40. And uh, myself and my uh, business partner, Stephanie Barnett, we had started a program called Spirit of Sisters Expo in Columbus, Ohio. And within that program, we had so many testimonies from women who had, uh, who had received something from that program, whether it was just, uh, just some knowledge or they went into a business or quit their job and started a full-time business. Or it was, they had some elevation. But a part of the women that I was particularly drawn to are the ones that said, you know what, um, I have gray hair. Do you think that affects me getting a job? Or I have to keep my grandchildren, and I'm not able to do some of the things that I want to do. So I was inspired by those women. And, and I was in that age group, too. Uh, but I was inspired by those women. And I wanted, I know that if we look at a magazine cover, we won't really see us in the magazine cover. First of all, we don't see a lot of blacks, but we don't also see women that are 40, 50, 60, 70. We don't see things that relate to us. So I wanted to write about things that related to women over 40, our beauty, um, our health, our fitness, menopause, dating, uh, sisterhood, uh, com building confidence, and um, I wrote that book originally in 2007. Uh, people are still getting the book today. So it, what women liked about it, and even some men, uh, is that it, uh, they could identify with the things that I talked about in the book, and they were all positive and uplifting and they identified with the images that I presented and the conversation that I had. So it really uh, addresses some of the issues and concerns that we have as we grow older. And 
uh, no matter who you are, no matter how good you look or whatever, you're going to have some issues with growing older. So the purpose of this book is to motivate you and inspire you that, um, and this is what I do to this day, that you can, um, in spite of the changes, the challenges, or the adversities that you go through, you can still succeed in spite of age. So that's what that book was about. And that okay, so, means veterans of life, long life. Ah, okay. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking military vets. You know, when you hear the word vets, you say right. military mm-hmm. vets. Okay, okay, okay. And there's a story you. behind that, <laughs> why I named it that, because I, I actually was uh, leaving out of a, a restaurant one day, and these young, young guys, uh, were holding the door open for me, and one said, let's let this vet go, go, <laughs> you know. So I thought it was kind of funny, so I just used that. So I said, we oh. are vets with veterans of life. Mm-hmm. I, I never heard that. I've never heard. You, that's the first I've heard that. Now, Sheila, and, and, and we're already through 20 minutes, just it's going so fast, and I want to share so much with our listeners here. How can... Mm-hmm. How can we ignite our passions, regardless of our age? Because some people feel tired in their teens even. How can we ignite our passions if we've experienced a a, a setback and we feel like giving up? Uh, I heard Lisa Nichols say this. She was speaking and she was telling people. Now, she was saying, I want you to make me a few promises. One of them is you'll take action. Number two, she said, even if you've tried something before, you agree you'll try it again. And that that's sometimes the hardest thing. You try something, mm-hmm. I think back to uh, Colonel Sanders with Kentucky Fried Chicken, filed bankruptcy five times, but he did get it. He did eventually get it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you fail so hard, you're like, you know what, I'm not even going to try again. But how can mm-hmm. we ignite our passions if we've experienced a setback and we feel like giving up? Like we'll never receive more, we'll always only get by, no matter how hard we work. What, how can we then stir up our passions after we after we felt felt and experienced a setback? Well, I always look at a setback is my invitation for a comeback. So we all ah. experience setbacks, and what we should be looking at is those adversities in our lives, we should be looking at that as a time to shine. We should be be always looking at adversity, okay, now what am I going to do to get out of that? I'm going to go back a little bit because you mentioned one day my soul just opened up. That was by Niana Vanson. Mm-hmm. And that was a book uh, that one of the one of the first books that inspired me from besides the Bible, from an inspirational perspective. And that's a person who did exactly what you just said. She had a setback. And I remember years ago when she got in her high, when she originally uh, came on the Oprah, she said the scariest thing about coming up this far is falling down. And she wow. fell down. And she really fell way down, lost the money, you know, bankrupt lost her daughter, all of those kind of things. But prayer will always take you a long way. 
And that's what you should focus on first, because if you listen to God, he will give you everything you need to know. But what we like to do is listen to ourselves or listen to other people tell us about ourselves. So to me, uh, uh, adversity or a setback is an invitation for me to come back. So you do everything that you can within your strength. Now, if this is something that's crazy that you know that you just that you should know by now that it's just not going to be right. But things are in a circle. What I tell people to look at your past, look at the things that really excited you uh, at some point in your life, your high points, what, whether that was getting your bachelor's degree or getting married or your child graduating from college. But look at those happy points in your life and see if you could draw something from those happy points in your life. And if you could draw something from the happy points in your life and you could focus on that, then you can come out of those, that adversity. Because what I say, you talked about goals as well. I was looking for it, but for some reason my computer is stalling. But on my blog, which you can access from my webpage, I wrote about, uh, I think it must have been about February, and I asked people, where are you now? It's been about seven weeks. Uh, so where are you now with your goals? And most of us are in the same place that we were last year at the same time and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. Because, what, like you said, after five, six, seven weeks of being excited about the new year, we've, we've lost track of those goals. So I used to be in that position too, but I decided that I was not going to be in that position anymore. The debt position, the health, the weight loss, not to health, but the weight loss position, financial position, whatever position I was, the relationship position, I, I made that decision. So when you make that decision that this is it, then you could do it. But when you start going back and stopping and everything, and I wish people would go and look at that blog. I'm sorry I can't pull it up because I can't remember the title. But if you look on my website and push the blog, Our Season, you can see I have I speak to, to women and men uh, over 40, 50, and 60, and I wrote about that with our health and all of that. And here's what I did for myself because I love helping people uh, in that great our season, I call it Mo Better. Um, I actually got certified this year as a personal trainer, senior fitness specialist. So I I take what I've learned with helping people in my writings and in my workshops and seminars, and I turn that into helping them with their health goals. Okay. Um, so you, sometimes if you've lost your way or you feel like you have. It pays to go back to a time when you did feel passionate and remember that. Yeah, at some point, yeah, at some point we all did. You know, it was something good about something we did in life. So if you could just take the the great the good things, you know, write you a list. I'm a list person. Look at all the, the positive things about yourself. Maybe on one side. On the second side Look at all the things that you're negative, the things that's holding you back. What's holding you back? And then you take that holding you back list, cross the big, put a big cross on it, tear it off, and focus only on the positive. So what happens is if something happens and we're not, we may not get that loan or 
the business fails or whatever may happen, because uh, I've had businesses that fail, but I didn't stay there. I got back up because we fall down and we get up. But if you mm. focus on the positive, you don't have time to worry about, well, I didn't do this or I didn't do this. Look at how you could do it better the next time. So every time I fail, I look at how I could do it better the next time. And even with my book, uh, Dear Blank, Are You Missing Your Calling? How many of us are missing our calling because we're not accepting the invitation that God has given us for our purpose and our calling? Because we're somewhere all the way over here, and God's saying, all I want you to do is be right here. And you can do this. You can do this. It's an invitation. That's really what our purpose and calling is anyway, is an invitation. What are some signs, Sheila, that we're missing our calling? So some some of us might, some people might not even think, and I've heard people say in their 40s, in their later years, I don't know what I'm here to do. Uh, what are some mm-hmm. signs that we are missing our calling? Well, one is that you're not, you're feeling incomplete, you know, and uh, and the one thing that you have to do is you have to feel complete. I've run into so many people, 70 and 80 years old, that don't even feel that they have a calling because they're looking at, um, like I used to tell people, uh, because in my first business was a retail party supply business, and I learned to be one of the premier balloon designers in Chicago, and I have mentees that are still working in the business now. But one of the things people would say is that you're so creative. You're so creative. I'm not creative. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you are. But you're creative at what you can do and not what the other person can do. So I meet people uh, that are, are up in age and say, well, I don't know what my call I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what my calling is. You know, your calling first is to serve God, and then you serve others. And once you find, start serving others, you will quickly find out what your calling is because you're doing the order of God. So when you do the order of God, you can find that. But most people don't even know it because they, they look beyond who they really are, and they're looking at other people instead of um, looking at themselves and what they can do. What can you do? What are the things that you're good at? Uh, And you may not even know. I didn't know that I would be a certified personal trainer and like it, you know, but God has given that to me, and I follow that direction because it really fits in with what I do anything anyway. Because so you got to find what fits in to what to what you're good at, and you can find your calling. But it's a common thing for people to say that. But the older you get, the closer you should be to what your calling and purpose is. So, can you give us some practical steps, Sheila? Uh, what you're saying, you know, for somebody. It may sound easy, but a lot of times we we have our we got to get up, we got to we have to go to work, we have to pay bills, we have our family relationships, we have relationships with our colleagues, we have changes going on on the job, whether we there could be a potential layoff, merger, acquisition, different things going on in our lives that just keep us jam packed, busy. So when we think finding finding our calling, and I know years ago there was a book that came out about the the purpose-driven life, 
So right. what are some practical steps in a busy, busy, jam-packed day? Where we, I've heard some people tell me the only time they can even find time to rest is when they're in the bathroom. They actually will go to the bathroom just to be able to rest. Their, their, their life is that full. Uh, we got we have our iPhones and we <laughs> you just never get to shut down or or step away. What are some practical tips? Tips. Some people say meditation is one, and then you hear people say, "But I don't even have time to do that." What are some practical steps we can take to start? And what you just said are all excuses. They're not reasons because we can actually find. This is what I always say: we can find time to do whatever we want to do. And um, those are re- those are excuses. They're not really reasons because I've been there too, and I've thought, "Oh, I can't do this. I can't." First of all, you have to clean. You have to clean house. You have to make a transformation. Cleaning house means that okay, this is what is going to happen in my life. Okay, you transform when you don't allow all those other things to interfere with with the thing that's that's keeping you from your calling and purpose. So what I say is that you have to first of all, it has to be a, a situation where you manage your time. Okay, so this is the time that I'm going to dedicate one hour. It's like writing a book. So if you want to finish the book, you have to dedicate time to finish that book. I know people who have been writing a book for 10 years, but if you want to finish that book or more, you have to dedicate that time. So if I'm going to dedicate one hour uh, to working out for one hour a day or to writing my book or to writing my business plan or to whatever it is or to volunteering at my church or volunteering uh, at a place that I think I want to do the, my, what I think my calling is. So you have to just, it's discipline. And and really there's no like rule or anything. The key is that you have to be disciplined that you want that transformation in your life because many of us are moving to move. That's what I say. We just move in the move. But when when we look around, we're really not getting anywhere. We're in the same place because we have not been disciplined enough to – if you look at some of your most successful people, you know, it doesn't have to be Oprah or whatever. You can just look at some successful people that you know or that you know right next door to you or your friends or family or, or who you work with or whatever and look at their lives. What gets them to that point is that they're disciplined. They're disciplined by taking whatever time they need to get to the point. So if you keep doing all these things that you just mentioned, because I've been there too, and you're not getting anywhere, that's when I told myself, I'm just moving to move. But I don't, mm. it, it's no growth there. So if you're doing all those things and you're not growing, then you're just moving to move. So you got to you have to make the decision that you're going to grow, and grow means discipline into spending the time getting off of Facebook or whatever. And I'm a big social media person, so I have to discipline myself for that. A lot of people think I'm on social media all the time, but I get in the morning after I do my meditation, I put my inspiration on Facebook. 
Then in the evening, I'll get some. But if I do it during the day, it's because maybe I'm sitting in a doctor's office or, you know, that free time. But other than that, I'm really going to be on Facebook because I've disciplined myself that that's the time that I do that because I love social media and I'm a big social media person. So whatever it is that you want to do, it's no magic answer if you're still going to allow those excuses to come into play. So you got children, I understand that. But you you have to discipline your children so that they'll know that this is the time that mommy or daddy or whatever has to uh, do whatever it is that you want to do. The second thing that I would say is that you need to get involved. Uh, if it's something that you really feel compelled to do, like I just uh, mentored a lady uh, earlier this week who has wrote a screenplay. And I asked her, well, what, what have you done? for? Well, I put it on Smashbook. I'm like, well, there's a, a millions of people on Smash. I think she said Smashbook. I said, are you going to any of uh, in, in the environment where the directors and all that? I mean, I'm in Atlanta. It's all kind of film and movies. I'm actually in a, a lot of them. Uh, so I'm just saying that. It's all kind of things going. So you have to be in that environment. So they have workshops and seminars. That's where you need to be going, where the people are. So just to put it on a website and hope that somebody looks at it, it doesn't get you anywhere. That's a false hope. So you actually have to put yourself in a situation that uh, you're around the positive people and positive things that you want to do. That, again, goes back to taking that time. It may be an hour a week. It may be five hours a week. But you need to give yourself at least an hour each day. Mm. You, and, 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 you know, you, you talk about a false hope. That's something that I want to ask you next before I start talking about developing a clear path uh, to, to your destiny. But um, like I said, we can lie to ourselves. But that's one thing. And sometimes this is where sometimes having a mentor, whether you're at work and you're seeking to move up, you want to get a promotion, you want to change the um, the financial status for your whole family. Maybe your family has been on government assistance for three generations, and you want to break that trend. So uh, I'm going back to Lisa Nichols. She said she went to where she was working two jobs, and the second job she put all that away. She didn't even know what was coming out of her life, but she kept saying this is for, she was saving up, putting away for her destiny, investing in her future. Uh, how many of us had a discipline? You said discipline again to do that. The discipline to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to meditate for just 10 or 15 minutes in the morning. I'm not going to say I don't have the time. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a discipline to read the scriptures, even if it's just 15 minutes a day, it beats zero, I'm going to have that discipline. I'm going to have a discipline to sit and be quiet for even if it's just 15 minutes a day. I'm going to do it. And they say if you really want something, you you will not make an excuse. An excuse, I think, is just an indicator that we really don't want it. And then uh, you, you'll just get, get down to doing it. But some people might think, Sheila, you said false hope. They might say, wow, there are millions of people on the Internet. If I put my book on Smash Books or ebook it or if I put it, build a website, whoa, I get millions of people to come. Or I put up a YouTube video. Nobody might not see your video. 
just because there are millions right. of people on there. So that's just where having a mentor or a coach can come into play because I don't know if that's a wrong thing a person's doing. They really think there are millions of people on the Internet, so millions of people are going to go to their website. Nobody might not go go to your website. You, so have, to, you have to work it. Yeah. Yeah, that's but what some people, people might not me. know that if they're new yeah. to the internet, they're new right. to social media. They just think there are millions mm-hmm. of people on Facebook. So me, if I put up a Facebook page, millions of people are automatically going to come. So can you? What is it? What are some signs when you say false hope? I don't want to see uh, off-the-shelf listeners going down that false hope, lying to themselves, and go years before they realize they they're lying to themselves. What are some signs the, that we the, are chasing? A pipe dream, false hopes. Well, one thing when that happens, with the scenario that you just gave, let me go back to saying that this is first and foremost. My prayer life every morning when I wake up, the dedication that I give to that, to me, is what has put me on the right track. The fact that I, I not only read and write, and all of that in the morning, even if it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. But that really just starts your mind to working. But when I say false hope, uh, and, and it is when you see that, and we'll give, since you use the Internet as, a, as, as an example, to think that you're going to just put something on there and it's just going to blast away because some people have had luck with that, but it's also work. You don't see the work that they put into it. And there are people who put a lot of work into it. Just say writing a book, cause, because I'm going to use that because a lot of people want to write books. And people say, well, I self-published my books. Um, and people say, well, why did you self-publish? I, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted control of my uh, own book and everything. But people don't realize that when you – go with a publisher, when you're with a publishing, a publisher, a major publisher or whatever, that you still got to do all the work. Yes. You know, if you're not just going to be with a publisher, you still have to promote yourself and you still have, there's some advantages, but you still have to promote yourself and you have to um, get your, your word out there because if you don't get it out there, no one is there. So to put something, a video or, or a post or whatever on Facebook or website and think that people are going to just come to you is false hope because you have to work to get anything that you want in life. So if you're sitting somewhere and you've been sitting in that spot for years and nothing has happened, ding, 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 that's a mm. message to you that you need to move. You need, you're just moving to moving. So if you have this mad desire, if you have this desire and it's just there and, and you're not moving and you've put yourself in a position and you're not moving and you're seeing other people around you that are moving, then it's something you need to do. Uh, given the example of the lady I met earlier this week, after I talked to her, because also it was, it's an inspirational story. I haven't read it, but it sounds inspirational. So I said, well, have you seen Miracles from Heaven? And she said, no, I haven't seen it. I said, well, you need to go see that because if you go see that, you'll see that some of the things that you're telling me are, are um, you know, are relative to this movie. 
and the person, one of the producers is Devon Franklin, who does a lot of movies like that, you know. So I said, he may be coming to Atlanta one time, and if he comes to Atlanta, you need to really try to go to his workshop or whatever it is that he does. So the next day, she came to me. Uh, this is one of the trainers in the uh, fitness center I work at. She said, this is one of, she came to me and said, I looked that up, I went to the movie, I did this, I did this, and I did this, and I've even got a whole nother perspective of what I'm doing now. And would you please um, let me know when you hear about anything that's coming? So that was her attitude. And that was just one, like, 30-minute conversation I had with her one day, one time. So you do sometimes having a mentor and a coach uh, does help you. But if you're going to, like this lady told me last night, well, I got a fitness coach, but I don't do what she said. Well, what do you have a fitness coach for? <laughs> you wasting your money. Like right. my nephew told me years ago, Auntie, I hear you, but it's going in one ear and out the other. Okay? So you have to be dedicated. People, if you have a mentor or a, a coach, you have to be dedicated because they're that, they're that person for a reason. So if you're just going to hear what they say and not be disciplined, uh, that's my word, not be, just because I know you really have to be disciplined, uh, then those are some things. You just got to get up and get out. Get up and mm. get out. You know, you know, relationships. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say relationships. People, people are in relationships. I, I, I tell one group, I said, you, you at the cross, but you just don't know how to cross over, you know. Mm. So many of us are at the door of opportunity, but we don't know how to walk through the door of, to get to the success. So if you're at the cross, just cross over. So you're not going to go to a mountain and just a million dollars over the mountain and you just go stand at the bottom of the mountain. You're going to try to get over the mountain. So whatever mm. your goals are, whatever that is you're trying to get through, it could be loss of a loved one, a relationship or whatever, you still have to cross over. You, you know, know what and I think... you got to keep... Go ahead, on. No, you have to keep... No, I'm saying you just got to keep working on yourself, making yourself better. Every you just, you're never too old, you're never too young. You know, I think that part of it is, and I've heard people say this. Uh, there's a part of us as humans, again, as psych, psychologists have seen that the brain just seeks out patterns, and that's you have to fight against that. Uh, you have not fight against it because I, I don't. The word fight isn't the right word. You have to keep working not to do that, and that's how. And another thing that psychologists have found: we will go back. You can five years. You can have kept weight off for five years. There could be something an addictive behavior that you haven't engaged in in a long time. The brain will still find a way. It will keep wanting to go back. To it. That's why I tell people the best thing to do is just don't even get into bad patterns. Because ten years later, your brain, all that time, it can still be trying to pull you back uh, uh, mm-hmm. to it. So that's part of this discipline. And again, I say check in this self awareness because you could be sliding back. The brain wanting to go back to an old way. 
You're going to have to be committed and dedicated so you don't say, you know, I didn't do that for 20 years and then something happened, and I went all the way back. So the brain's Mm -hmm. like constantly trying to do that. So it takes that that discipline and that commitment. But I wanted to ask you with the people you work with, do you find that, again, the, the brain wanting to create patterns and routines uh, you go to a new town and you're there a year, and you're like, I'm doing the same thing again I did when I where I was before because the brain just went back to it, or or going back to something you did 10, 20 years ago. Do you find that the people you work with, and I find particularly with those who have we have a, something that we believe in, we believe in God, whatever form we think, whatever we think God is. We just keep waiting for this magical thing to happen, and we want it to be easy and comfortable. Do you find that that is like maybe a primary obstacle that most of us face as far as stepping into our calling? I, I think you you absolutely on point. My husband has a saying: the same person that gets on the bus is the same person that gets off. So if you don't leave that mindset at the last stop, that's, that same person is going to be at the next stop. Mm. So, yes, I mean, it's like I'm trying not to eat um, sweets, and I love sweets. Oh, boy. But I was, at a, <laughs> I was somewhere last night where they had these cookies that I love. And I kept walking past that table and walking past that table. And I wanted to pick up one of those cookies so bad. But I said, no, I said, I'm not going to do it. And instead, I grabbed a little saucer and got a scoop of the fruit, the strawberries and the blueberries. Because I know that the sweet that's in the strawberries and the blueberries is a much better the, to the natural sugar that's in the strawberries and blueberries is much better for me than the sugar that's in the cookies. So mm-hmm. you have to de- you have to decide that you're gonna be you're gonna go with the sweeter that's better for you than the sweeter that's not good for you. So if you leave that mindset. You could you, you the only way you could do it, and it takes work. I don't want to make it seem like it's easy yes. because yep. it was not easy for me to walk past those cookies because I already know how good they are. So <laughs> it was not easy for me to walk past that, but I thought about the benefits for my body mm. if I walk past that. You know, so if you could say, how does it benefit me? If I don't go back to that pattern, you yes. know, and you know, and 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 then if you fall down, don't make yourself feel so guilty that if I had eaten one of the cookies, then I don't want to feel so guilty that I got to eat two, three, four, five. I'm like, well, yes. I ate them now. I'm not well going to eat them, right? That's the way I used to think. But but even if you do fall down then you know you have to get back up. So if you stopped smoking 20 years ago and then all of a sudden you took a cigarette, then you need to figure out, okay, so why did I do that? What was the trigger? What was the trigger that made me start smoking that cigarette when I have not smoked a cigarette in 20 years? So what what triggered my desire to do that and how can I 
get back up is what we want to focus on because we all fall down, but we get back up. Yes, and we and and we develop these childhood, you know, the programming and and and, and uh, patterns, but we can create new patterns, and it does take it takes. Lot, sometimes a lot of repetition and commitment, but to say when you talk about what is your calling and what am I going to have to do to step in it and check it in with our creator who knows the way, who knows the way. And it, if you're given exercises or things to do, we have to keep moving in. And you, like you were saying, if a loved one has exited their body, they've just they've just put this clay down, we have to work through that, even even that. Uh, we just have to mm-hmm. keep moving forward. But expecting this magic wand to wave, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of people do that. And I'm hearing more motivational speakers say to people, you're going to have to take action. If you're waiting for some magic wand to wave, that may not happen. It's you're not going to have to. It's not going to happen. Everything that we do requires work. And the most, unfortunately, haven't been in business for many years, and I've run across many aspiring. I used to, uh, in my church in Chicago, I was in the business mentoring program for almost 10 years. And what I find that people, uh, for aspiring business owner, owners, and what I find that people really want the easy way in or the easy way out. And there's no easy way in and no easy way out. Everything that you do requires work. I cannot give a magic answer to how you can be successful in business if you're not going to take the actions that need to be successful. I cannot, if you were a guy for 15 or 20 years or a lady, whichever, for 15 or 20 years, and, and there has been no growth, uh, or that person has not asked you to marry him or whatever. You need to be looking at, is that the person for you? And why are you spending your time with someone that is devaluing you because you're not free to do what you want to do because you're waiting on that person? So it, you, no one can make you get out of an abusive relationship. You have to have it that mindset that that's not the life that you want to live anymore. I've talked to young women in abuse and older in abusive, abusive relationships until I was blue in the face. But it helped from the standpoint of they had someone to talk to, but until they were ready to make that move, then that's the situation that they were going to stay in. So, you could look at yourself and say, whatever situation you're in, look at it like being in an abusive relationship. Why am I abusing myself? Why do I stay in this situation? And I'm not just talking about a relationship. I'm talking about you could be in a, your job or your uh, health or whatever. You could say, why I, am I here? And why am I still here? Year after year, why am I still in debt year after year? So you have to to look at those like when you're ready to get out of that situation, you will get out of that situation. If you are a bipolar or 
have depression, when you're ready to stop being depressed, you will stop being depressed because you will do something about that situation, even if it takes the, having some medication that helps you. So until you're ready to do that, you could, you could listen to all the most motivational speakers, the pastors, whatever. Until you're ready to make that move, you're going to be in that same place. So when, when you're ready to move, you're going to excel because nothing, when you feel that first good hit, there's nothing that's going to stop you. And if it does, you'll pick yourself back up. Wow. You know what? And that leads into your answer, and we only have a few minutes left on, on today's show, but how we can use our personal experiences to develop a clear path and understanding to our calling and purpose. And I've heard so many people say, when you're ready, but you know what? We tend to scream, even at the creator, that we are ready and why won't it happen? Because you're really not ready. <laughs> you think, right. you, yeah, you, you, think you are. When you're ready, God will let you, God will let you have it. Like one of the things that's in my book, Dear Blank, how you mentioned your calling, the blank means if, you're, if, it, if, the, if it fits, put your name in there. But one of the things I do at the end of each chapter, it's a note section where I ask questions because you need to, if you can answer all these questions, then you can find pretty much get close to where you want to be. And if you're disciplined to stick to some of the things that I talk about in the questions that I ask after each chapter, uh, then you can, you can develop a plan for yourself and a plan for your life because these are real-life situations. It's nothing hard. It's nothing – and one, I know real quick, but I talk about float on, about learning to float. And when I learned to float, I tried for years and years. It was hilarious watching me trying to float. And I thought, I found that when I finally did learn to float on water, it was because I, I, it wasn't even a big deal. I just had to lay my body back and relax. And I looked up at God, and God laughed at me and said, I told you you should have been doing that all along, you know. So as opposed to spending years trying to learn the flux, I, I should have just left it in the hands of God. Mm. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get a copy of Are You Missing Your Calling? Dear Blank, Are You Missing Your Calling? It's on Kindle and paperback form um, on Amazon. Or you can order it from my website, which is SheilaAgnew.com. And, uh, and Amazon, you could, it's under Sheila, Ag, Sheila L. Agnew. And Dear Blank, Are You Missing Your Calling? And you can get it in Kindle as well as, uh, as, well as uh, paperback. And you can join me on my Facebook page, which is Sheila L. Agnew. Okay. And then that's the same for all about the vets. As well, as absolutely, absolutely. both are on my website as well as Amazon. Okay, we want to thank Sheila Agnew. I, 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 I had about fifteen other questions to ask her, but this show just blew by. We want to thank uh, Arthur Sheila Agnew for being here with us. She's uh, was a co-founder of the Spirited Sisters Expo, which was held in Columbus, Ohio. She's also a life coach. And a, and a business owner and the founder of Confident Women 40 Plus. She's the author of the books All About the Vets and Are You Dear Blank, Are You Missing Your Calling? Her website is SheilaAgnew.com. 
And I encourage you to visit her and support her books. And the website is spelled S-H-E-I-L-A, another A, so two A's together, S-H-E-I-L-A-A-G-N-E-W.com. Again, Sheila Agnew. Dot com. I encourage you to visit her. She has so much to share. And you might be able to take advantage of some of her life coaching. Um, she, again, you can go years lying to yourself, years chasing a pipe dream, years uh, of dealing with false hope. And she might be able to help you, save you years and years of time to wake you up so you can start to 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 identify your calling and step into it so you can live a more fulfilling life. So we want to thank author Sheila Agnew for being here with us today on Off the Shelf. For those of you who may have come in late into today's show, once it finishes streaming, you can go back into the archives and listen to it in its entirety. And you might be able to glean some information from it, take down some notes, things you can use in your own personal life to start to move forward. So thanks again to Sheila Agnew and to each of our off-the-shelf listeners. Please come back next week, 11 a.m. on Saturdays. Tell your friends, your colleagues, your relatives, everybody, tune in to Off-the-Shelf Radio on Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. Just put it on your calendar. We have had some awesome guests here going into our 12th year, and we will continue to do so. And honored to add Sheila Agnew to that list. Of honored guests. And again, please support her at our website, SheilaAgnew.com. Remember, as I always tell you, you are awesome. You are amazing. You're incredible. Hopefully, one day you will really, really come to know that. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sheila, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. And thank you, Rhonda. Thank you so much. Thank you. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.